If you have your Bible with you today, got your Bible apps, uh, find with me the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 29. Deuteronomy 29, it's the fifth book in the Bible, if you're not sure where that is. 29 and verse 29, I want to continue today, this is the third part of uh, of a brand new series called Why? Why? Let's go ahead and read here once again, verse 29. It it, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So so let me draw your attention to this reality again. There, There is some knowledge or things, as it's stated here, that is in the mind of God and we don't have access to it. It is referred to as secret unless he chooses to tell you, you're not going to know about it. However, there is also a category called those things which are revealed to us. And, and that's pretty exhaustive. I mean, it's pretty expansive, let me say it that way. There's a lot there, what God has revealed. The average person, though, is only operating in a small fraction of what revealed knowledge is available to them. And so we're diving into this so we can have answers. If we just knew what was revealed and given to us by God, we would be far less confused, <laughs> far less concerned, and at the same time, far less overrun by, by negative circumstances and problems in life, because knowledge gives you power to overcome. And, uh, and let me draw your attention to this reality before I move on. Uh, this is the third part of a series. All right. This is the third part, meaning there is a part one and a part two, and what was taught in those sessions is vital to us getting to this place today. All right. If you haven't heard those first two, you're sliding in on part three. Just realize that. Hallelujah. And so there are multiple reasons why certain things happen. Uh, it would be foolish for me to try to answer uh, all of them with one explanation, all right? And so I'm not trying to put a spiritual pat answer or just a trite response to every negative thing that would that has happened. Uh, we can all relate on various levels to uh, things going wrong in life. Um, and so I don't want to treat anyone with disrespect who has really gone through some hard things or you have friends, relatives, so forth that have. Uh, we understand to whatever degree that we do, but there are some things that are really bad. And, and I don't want to imply again that it's just all one thing. Uh, years ago, when I first started in ministry, um, there was this radio station in town. They would ask different pastors to come and pray for prayer requests on the air for a certain time. And so I would volunteer and go in there on occasion. And, and, and the manager of the radio station um, was a good guy, and he and I would have some discussions at times. But I know uh, he didn't fully agree with some of my beliefs. Um, and he was nice about it. He wasn't rude. Uh, but he could see that I prayed different from most people. I'd be on the air and I would pray very bold and confident and I'd be quoting scriptures while I prayed. I pray this, Father, you said in your word this and you promised us this. And so that's the way I approach God in prayer. And he noticed there was a difference and of course, uh, um, you know, 
basically kind of went like this. Sometimes he would disagree in the sense when someone didn't get a healing or something like that. He told me, he said, you would just say that whenever someone didn't get it or someone died early, that they just had a lack of faith. And I said, actually, you know what? I wouldn't say that. But let me tell you what you always say. (laughs) I say, you always just say, God's in control and it's all a part of God's plan. I said, I don't like that answer. (laughs) I, I think that's a really bad answer. But at the same time, it would be wrong to always just say, ah, obviously it's a faith issue with you. That's not always the issue, okay? Uh, in other words, his, his response to me was more, you know, God may heal or save or provide or protect according to his sovereign will. Uh, but he'll also break a leg or cause a car accident or, you know, allow tragedies, make people sick just because he wants to. And that's the part I have a problem with. <laughs> My father doesn't do that to people. And, uh, and when we ask questions like these, I know sometimes, you know, honestly people don't even want to ask because they're concerned about not knowing the answer and what if we can't ever find out. And, and I've even heard, I've heard those in ministry, preachers, present and pose the question about, you know, bad things happening and then their answer is a total misdirection. Meaning, people will say, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And they'll almost get more psychology-oriented and say, the question you're really asking is, you know, where's Jesus in my life? No, that's not the question I'm really asking. The question people are really asking is, why in the world did this stinking thing happen? Because I don't like it, and it hurts, and, and, and I don't understand. And it's a valid question we should answer. We're not going to just kind of twist this and say, well, the, the real heart cry that you're looking for is something different. No, I really want to know why. I really want God-level answers. And that's okay to ask those questions. And if you don't know, how many know the answer to I don't know is I don't know? If you don't know, you don't know, but we try try not to make up answers where we don't have them. And then where we do, thank you, Lord, he's helping us. And so, uh, if you would, um, if you have your Bible there, take a right turn and find the book of Jonah. Anybody familiar with Jonah? You probably don't, your Bible probably doesn't just fall open to that book. It's really small. And... It's on page 816, if you have a Bible like mine, the book of Jonah. And you might already recognize where I'm going by bringing up a guy named Jonah. If you're not familiar with his story, we'll we'll, we'll get you up to speed here in a minute. But this is not the only reason, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this reality this potential um, problem that exists, and that has to do with disobedience. It has to do with rebellion towards God. Everybody okay? All right. If this is relevant to your life, I want to encourage you today, don't act like it's not. 
Meaning, it doesn't do us any good just to ignore and say, oh no, everything's fine with me, I'm always doing the perfect will of God. Well, it's your relationship with God, so you be real. I mean, you, you handle things however you want, but I recommend, just kind of on the basis that God knows everything, <laughs> and sees all and knows all, we all lie naked before Him, there's nothing hidden from Him, that we all just kind of really acknowledge reality. Be real with Him. Okay? In the book of Jonah, chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. Tarshish <laughs> from the presence of the Lord. All right, notice the language used here. God said, Go to Nineveh. Jonah went to Tarshish. Is that ever a problem? God said, Go right and you go left. Yeah. And 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 it's also noted that he went from the presence of the Lord. Not with the presence, not into the presence. Someone say, well, God's everywhere. His presence is everywhere. I know that, but you can see the language here implies he was leaving God, not going to God, not going with God. Obviously, the Lord knew where he was the whole time. But Tarshish, interesting, was very, very far away from Nineveh. All right? Modern day, we would say um, Nineveh would be in modern day Iraq. Tarshish, um, they say, is probably in modern-day Spain. Okay? I, I asked Google how far away that is. And if Jonah took his airplane, it's 2,641 miles. Okay? And since he didn't have an airplane, that's quite a trip. You can see he's not just trying to put off the will of God. He's trying to go as far away from Nineveh as possible. And I don't know if you've ever done that. Well, I can't do that now. Obviously, I can't preach to Nineveh. I'm way over here in Tarshish. Tarshish. Maybe hoping the Lord had a plan B. Maybe hoping he would let him do something else. Well, I'm still going to serve you, Lord. It's not like I'm not going to preach at all. It's not like I'm not going to do your will at all. But I can't do that. I mean, I'm way over here now. And, and how did you get over there again? And, and, and so the presence of the Lord, I think we could recognize that that would contain the blessing of God. It would contain the protection of the Lord, right? The presence of the Lord is a wonderful thing. We will live in it forever without, uh, without issue or concern. But uh, basically, he was leaving God's side. Uh, leaving that place is a bad idea. Do you know where the safest place on planet Earth is? Say it's in Idaho. We don't have tornadoes, and we don't have hurricanes, and uh, no, no, no. People get in trouble in Idaho too. <laughs> the safest place is wherever God wants you. 
that's the best place to be. If it's in a, another side of the planet, uh, if it's in Tarshish, that's where you go because you want to go with the presence of the Lord for your life, not running away from it. And, and so this was Jonah's choice to leave, meaning everything after this point is on him. He can't take anything after this and say, God, why did you let this happen? Why? What's going on? No, this is on you, Jonah. And if you know the story, he went down into that ship, and of course they went out into the sea, and there was a, a massive storm. They all thought they were, they were going to die. It was bad news. In verse 12, it reads, And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know this great tempest is because of me. And I like to add in there, and my disobedience. <laughs> That's the reason this stuff is going on. Okay, is that a reality? Is that a possibility that sometimes things are all stirred up and life is dangerous and things are not going well? And the reason is, well, that, that one's on me. That's, that's because of me. If you look down to uh, chapter 2, uh, is my mic too loud for you today? No? You say it's okay? Okay. I want to make sure because I, I might preach one of these minutes. I don't know. And then I get really loud just, just pre prepping you. I'm not saying I will, but just in case I need to. Uh, Jonah chapter 2 then, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. Okay, And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol, or hell, I cried, and you heard my voice. Now, I, I do recommend, if you are in trouble, if you are going through hell, to pray. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wisdom there. Um, however... What has become the habit of some is to wait until they're in hell, so to speak, you know, figuratively, before they pray. I don't recommend that. Here's a good idea. Maybe if you pray first and say, Lord, I worship you. I have no other God before you. I will serve you all of my days. There is no one else but you. Maybe you don't have to go to Sheol. <laughs> Everybody okay? So I wish I would have done that. Well, I understood. Jonah at this point wished he would have done that too. But better late than never. Better to pray now even if you didn't pray. But I, I do wonder sometimes how many problems we deal with could have been avoided if we had an active submission to God's will. If we had an active prayer life. If we were calling on Him on a continual and ongoing basis. But, but I know nowadays some people would question that. I mean, if they're going through a hardship and you were asked, well, how much time do you spend with the Lord? Do you pray to Him? Do you, do you seek His counsel and His wisdom and His direction for your life? Uh, and they might, you know, theoretically say, well, yeah, yeah. But how often do you do that? I mean, when do you pray? When do you uh, do what the Lord... Well, you know, I go to church and, uh, you know, at least a couple times a month and, well... You know, I have a hard time not separating that. I don't mean that God's getting you for not praying, but if you have no spiritually active life, you're probably unaware of some of the things that God wants to do in your life. 
Everybody okay? Um, if you're in trouble, pray. But don't wait until you're in trouble before you pray. But if you are, our God is a merciful God. Amen. And he answered Jonah in the middle of the, the fish's belly. He answered him before he could ever prove that he was f- fully going to go to Nineveh and preach. He still answered him. And he still delivered him. And he still turned the situation around. Let me read a couple verses to you uh, from some different translations for, for our consideration. Uh, we'll put these on the screen. Hosea chapter 13 and verse 9, King James reads, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. Who destroyed you? You have destroyed yourself. Is that a possibility with us? Proverbs uh, 19 and verse 3. Proverbs 19.3, Amplified Bible. The foolishness of man undermines his way, ruining whatever he undertakes. Then his heart is resentful and rages against the Lord. For being a fool, he blames the Lord instead of himself. I know this isn't real encouraging at the moment, but I just think it's this is in there, this is in Scripture, this is something we ought to consider. This is something we ought to embrace and realize. Uh, that same passage from the message, and I you know, recognize the message is not a translation, but it, it says, people ruin their lives by their own stupidity. So why does God always get blamed? And I don't want to stand up here and call anybody stupid here today, but I think it's, it's, it, there, there is some truth to the, the reality that sometimes we just need to look in the mirror and say, would you stop blaming God? Stop blaming this and that and, and acting like you don't know. Well, I just don't know. Pastor, I just don't know why this is happening to me. I just don't know why this always seems to happen to me. How do you answer that? It's like, well, I know. But I want you to like me when we're done. (laughs) You're an idiot. (laughs) Seriously, you keep doing the same things over and over again. And that's what's causing your demise. And to have any kind of spiritual implication there to say, I just don't understand, God. Shut up. You do too. You know why. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean this in the nicest way, but sometimes we just really need to get down there and we're going through it in the middle of Sheol and we need to pray and say, Lord, have mercy on me. I've been doing wrong. I have been going the wrong way. I haven't been handling things correctly. You told me to go right and I went left. And you told me to go right again and I went left again. And I've been justifying my left path. And I've been asking people to pray for me on my my left. I'll come back to that in a minute. There are things that we do out of ignorance, no doubt, and sometimes being ignorant can cost us. But what I'm dealing with today and focusing on, there are things we do with full knowledge. We do, we have full knowledge, and, 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 and that's an issue when you know to do good and don't do it. When we have the right understanding and pathway and we ignore God's direction. Um, it would be wrong to say the devil is attacking you if your own behavior is producing problems. 
This is not the only answer. You understand that. But this is one of the answers. And so if I just say that, well, the devil's been attacking my family. The devil's been attacking my marriage. The devil's been attacking my, uh, m- m- you know, my life. All right. Well, where do you live again? I live on, you know, I would live over there on First Street in, uh, you know, in Tarshish. Oh, you live in Tarshish, do you? You're supposed to be there? Sometimes the devil doesn't need to do anything. Because we are creating our own chaos. And here's, what, here's what's kind of frustrating. Because uh, we've all had people come to us for prayer. And we're, we love people. We want to help them. We pray, pray for them. When someone comes to you and they, uh, they just say, Well, I've just really been under attack. And uh, I've been under attack from the devil. Would you pray for me? Pray for my healing. Pray for my marriage. Pray for my this, that, or the other. And, uh, and you're not being fully honest. Because I'd be happy to pray for you. I'm going to use all the faith I have. I'm going to rebuke and bind and cast out and call down favor and everything else. But if you're, if you're in Tarshish asking me to pray for you, quit. Don't go calling your friends. Well, I'm just going through a hard... Nowadays, people post it on the, you know, social media. Well, just going through a hard time, you know, because they're seeking response. What's happening? What's wrong? <laughs> And they're posting all this stuff. If we be honest, if this is the case, I've been running from God. I've been running from God, and I'm still running from God. Could you pray that I don't get what's coming? Um, I'm going to have a hard time praying with that information. Because I'm going to ask you, well, are you going to repent? Are you going to obey God? Because I don't know if I, I don't know, I kind of have a hard time praying that God's blessings would be on your life when you full well know that He's telling you to go one way and you're going the other. I, have a, I don't think I should be the one praying for you. You might want someone to pray for you who doesn't know. <laughs> Not that it's going to work. Everybody okay? And so kind-hearted people will, they'll pray for you when you're under attack, but if you're not being honest, it's not going to work, and then they're, they're going to wonder, why aren't my prayers working? How come nothing's happening? At least Jonah, when the, when the ship crew came to him, and you know, they're asking, what's, who's, what's, who's the problem here? At least Jonah said, ah, it's me. <laughs> I've been running from the Lord. This is my problem. If you get rid of me, everything will be fine. And uh, at least he was honest about that. Uh, you know, also, I don't think it's a good idea when people ask others, pray that I'll do the right thing. I don't like that prayer request either. Just pray that I'll obey. What? So if I pray that you'll obey, then God's going to make you do it? Is that the way he works? No, he's not going to make you do it. He's not going to force you to obey or force you to do the right thing. So no, I'm not going to pray that you obey. Here's a suggestion. Just obey God. (laughs) Just do what he tells you to do. Amen. And then I'll pray that he gives you strength in the journey and courage to carry on. And amen. He'll, 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 uh, you know, bless you in the, in, in your obedience. But I can't pray that God will bless your disobedience. Hallelujah. Let me give you a couple more verses while we're here. Let me ask you this question before I read. 
Do you want God's will of blessing without God's will of obedience? And that's usually what we want. We want the blessing of God, period. I want health and long life and favor. I want to be happy. Uh, I want to be good looking. I want to be all, everything favor of God all over me all my days. But do you also want the will of God concerning his plan? 1 Corinthians 11.31 reads, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would judge who? Each other? No, ourselves. That's the mirror again. If we would judge ourselves. You know, in the book of John, chapter 5, there's an account of, of Jesus. He goes to this place called the Pool of Bethesda. There was all these porches full of sick people. And they were waiting for the angel to come and stir the water and one person get healed. Uh, you can read that story. Anyway, the, the one guy who was, who was the cripple there uh, re- got healed. Jesus went in there, healed him. And, and interesting, when he met up with them later, Jesus said this, uh, verse 14, John five fourteen. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. Isn't that interesting that Jesus made a connection between bad things coming upon you and your personal sin? Huh? He made the connection. He said, in other words, I think probably there was a specific there. There was a certain type of lifestyle or or something that he maybe would be involved with and Jesus said you get to get away from that or it's coming back on you or it's going to get worse than it's ever been yeah so sometimes we can see that bad things are happening and it's directly tied to our disobedience it's directly tied to wrong behavior now, the, the, the ditch here, the extreme, would be for all of us, if wherever anything ever goes wrong, we start digging for something, something wrong. We, oh, there must be something wrong with me. And then you start doing that to other people. What? You've got this issue? You must be in sin. See, that would be a wrong connection as well. Like I said, this is not the only reason. This is not the all-encompassing final answer to all things. And if someone's going through a problem, then they are the problem. No, I'm going to get to other things as well. And so I don't want to leave us in a ditch where anytime something bad happens, we start looking for sin in our own lives. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm never looking for sin in my own life. So you're not? Don't you want, don't you want to know if it's there? Listen, I do know if it's there. And if I don't know, then uh, I'm not aware of it. It's not sin to me in that situation. I'm not going around looking. See, that's an old covenant mentality. It's a sin-conscious mentality where we're beating ourselves up. We're all just rascals, just unworthy, waste of flesh, and there's something wrong with me all the time. You know, one reason why some people struggle in their prayer life is because they believe something's wrong with them. They're praying thinking, I don't, uh, you know, I'm unworthy of this. And I know in yourself you are, but in Christ you are worthy. Right? And so, oh, well, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my faith. My faith is not strong enough, and, and that's why I'm not getting this. And the more they analyze themselves, the further away they get from their problem. 
I've said this before, but it comes up again right now as I'm, as I'm teaching. Uh, uh, you know, when your faith is strong, it doesn't see itself. It sees the object it's pointed at. Your eyes do not see themselves. Everybody look at your eyes real quick. Well, you can't. Your eyes aren't designed to be to look at themselves. Your, your eyes are designed to take in another image. Faith works that way. My faith is strong when I see Jesus. When my eyes are on Him and on the promise and what God has said, when I see that alone, my faith, come on, boom. It's strong. But whenever I start analyzing my faith and saying, is it strong enough? And do I believe enough? That's the issue that's holding me back. And so, in, in, in this discussion of, are you Jonah? Are you, are you, uh, you know, on your way to Tarshish asking for people to pray for God's blessings on your life? Uh, in that, if that's the case, then deal with it. If it's not the case, you say, oh, I don't know. Am I doing something wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Just stop right there and say, no, everything's fine. I worship you, Lord. I'll serve you. If you tell me something, I'll do it. But if not, I'm just going to do what I'm doing and serve you the best I know how. Don't look for sin. Don't look for something wrong. Don't look for there to be a problem. You're right with God if you've been saved. If you've received eternal life, you're saved. You're right with God. His, his door is wide open to you. You are in His heavenly embrace. Nothing can kick you out. Nothing can pluck you out, Jesus said, of my Father's hand. Yeah? And so everything's fine. Just rejoice and be glad. Yeah. But if in the middle of this you're saying, oh, yeah... Not just in a general way, I'm a bad person. No, but specifically, the Lord dealt with me about Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. Okay, then you have a real issue. And I would encourage you, before the fish comes, <laughs> say, I'm already in the fish. Okay, in the fish, wherever you are today, now's the time to call on his name. Now's the time to cry out. Now's the time to pray. And, 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 and the good news is he is a very merciful and loving God. Have you been running from God? Run back. Run back. You'll find he's got a smile on his face when you run back. There's a simple three-step process to this. And it's a, it's a real quicker fixer-upper. It goes like this. Number one, admit it. Number two, quit it. Number three, forget it. I've been doing the wrong thing. I've been going the wrong way. Admit it. Don't act like you're not. Don't hide it. Keep it a secret. And then quit it. And God's grace is there to help you, to strengthen you, to enable you to walk away from it. And then forget about it. Stop telling the story. You know, have you ever heard someone, a Christian give their testimony and it was almost like they were, they were feeling pretty good about the way they used to be? Well, I used to be, uh, you know, and it's like, you're smiling a little too much. I'm not sure you're not still there in your brain. Admit it, quit it, and leave it alone in the past and see yourself who you are in Christ. Amen? Now listen, there are people that suffer tragedies and listen it's no it's by no means limited to bad people it is not all about 
everyone who goes through a, a bad thing is somehow out of the will of God in what they're doing. I don't believe that. There are other situations that we're going to address in a different way. There's a different solution. There's a different uh, situation going on. Some very kind and generous people have suffered tremendously. And there's an answer to that, too. You know it? But for today, I would just encourage you while we're here, we're here in church, not that you can't pray anywhere, but here we are, right here now in the presence of God. If you need to make any belly-of-the-fish type prayers, you might as well. You might as well do business with God, get spit up on the sand, clean yourself off, (laughs) and start heading towards God's presence, His will, His plan for your life. Because from that place, man, I tell you, you, you'll operate in a greater boldness and authority and confidence. You'll stand up before God and pray knowing that you're not like ignoring him and everything he says. Amen. Say, well, that still doesn't answer my question about why so-and-so died. I don't, it may not. But, you know, one thing I've learned over the years is sometimes this is the answer and you'll never know it. Not always, but with some people, they've got, they know on the inside that they're doing the wrong thing, going the wrong way. The Lord dealt with them years ago about doing something, and they've been pushing back, and they never tell anyone. They don't tell anyone. You could live with them, and they're harboring that, and they're not letting anyone else know. And then they leave us confused. Why didn't this happen? Why didn't this work? Well, I don't know, and I can't just put an answer on it. But I tell you, they know. And it might be in that realm of the secret thing that's between them and God. So in some situations, not all, but in some situations, we're left in the dark. As to why with somebody else, things didn't pan out. Things didn't play out the way uh, they could have or should have. Amen. As I pray today, maybe you need to have a conversation with the Lord. If you do... Then do. He's love, he, he loves you and he, He's merciful to you. Call on His name. Father.